Okay. Good morning, Moonbeam. It's so great of you to join us again. Good morning. Um, would you mind recapping a little bit of what we were talking about the other day, and then we can do a proper coaching session on it? Yeah. So I had brought up my my possible manual for my husband <laughs> that I want him to be like perfectly equally involved in parenting. And that had kind of led to, we had talked a little bit about like, like, well, why do I want to do that? And maybe it's because I feel like maybe we're not doing the best job with our children, but maybe we are, you know, that type mm-hmm. of thing. So, so <clears throat> um, what, so the, the manual that you had and you had described also that you'd actually talked with him and mm-hmm. a little bit of what you you know, your perception of the conversation entailed. Can you recap that for us as well? Yeah, so we had talked about um, him working less because I had already, I'm already working less. Mm -hmm. I work four days a week and I took that day off um, so that I felt like we could have a better work-life balance with having two children. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted him to take that step too Cause I feel like we could use more balance and I don't want it to be me. That's taking more time off. Yeah. And then what did he, do you recall exactly what you said? Um, to my husband? Yeah. Or something that we could, um, like something close to what you said, or was it that? Um, I said that, I mean, I definitely said like, I feel like this needs to be equal. I did say that we talked about, I'm just rambling a little bit, but talked about how like culturally um, men aren't expected to take on the child raising duties and stuff. And so, um, and we talked a little bit about like maybe even his unawareness around that. Yeah, we did. I was, um, I'm sorry. I was like, not trying to test you on (laughs) what we talked about, but, um, but more for the group, because we have uh, different people here today. So um, if I recall correctly, there was a conversation that you had with your husband where you indicated that you wanted there to be more, you know, an equal Mm -hmm. um, involvement in parenting, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't clear, like what you actually said to him. And it wasn't clear to me, like what he actually said back to you. Cause, cause I think you indicated the other day, it was something like he'll, he'll like agree in the moment. Yes. Can you clarify that a little bit? Yeah. So mostly that specifically comes down to him working less. So when I make that suggestion and I'll specifically say, well, do you think you can cut back your time at work or have a more regular schedule or something like that? And I realize those are big asks, but, and he'll say, or and I'll be like, do you want to do that? And he'll be like, yeah, I do. I think that that would be good. And then months pass and he's taken no steps to, to make that. Okay. So you, you actually specifically ask, can you cut back? He'll, he'll specifically say something along the lines of yes. And then doesn't do it. Right. Okay, great. So, and then now let's clarify what your manual is for him. Yeah. So what I think should happen is that we both work part-time so that we can have more equal roles in the child raising and housekeeping, you know, responsibilities. Um, 
because I feel like more of the burden is on me right now. So I want him yeah. to do more. Can you describe how more of the burden is on you? Well, I organize all the appointments. I take them to their appointments, you know, dental, doctor, school. It's always, if there's like, you know, if you want to read for his birthday at school or something like that, it's me. It's always me <laughs> doing all of those. Um, so especially like the, like the people talk about the mental load, you know, I, I get people to help us around the house. I hire everybody, you know, we have a landscaper, we have a, a housekeeper, we have, you know, cleaning ladies, we have like, I guess I shouldn't say cleaning ladies, but, um, so I, I organize all that. I, you know, he does do laundry and dishes and he'll like feed the children and he'll, you know, um, if I give him a project around the house, like he'll do it, but I have to come up with it and, you know, tell him what needs to be done. And he doesn't take a ton of initiative that way. So do you think it would be different if he were, had spent more time at home? Do you think it could be what I'm, what I'm trying to do here, Moonbeam is figure out like the real root of it. And, um, and I might jump in the pool with you a little bit here because I'm going through something super similar right now. Yeah. And I wonder if you think if he's home more, if now he will take initiative or he will like magically be a different person. Yeah. I think that's my hope, but I'm not sure that that would be the actual reality. (laughs) Something tells me probably not. Right. Probably not. But it's important for us to really understand our own manual because it sounds like you're the manual actually is you both should work like part-time. So you both should give up something with your professional life and you Mm -hmm. both should contribute an equal amount to the rearing of the kids. And for Mm -hmm. you, what that looks like is both taking the same amount of initiative, both like carrying the same amount of mental load sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Now, if he were available and all of those things were happening, how do you think you would feel? Like if he actually did all, I'm sorry. If he actually did all that. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be great. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I mean, I will admit there's, there's some things I would have to let go on because I would have to be okay with the way he does it. Ooh, Um, this is an interesting new layer. Tell us a little bit more about that. uh, Yeah, we definitely have different personalities. He's, and I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but he's more reactionary. Like a good example I always use is um, he forgot to get his car inspected and where we live, you have to get your car inspected every year. Mm -hmm. And so it ended up being he ended up getting pulled over and getting a ticket and then having to rush around and get it like done in 48 hours. And, you know, because he doesn't, he wasn't paying attention to when like things had to be done. And that's just one little example. That's kind of how, and, and so he like, didn't, he doesn't think that's that big of a deal. So he had a fine. And so he had to run around, you know, but the problem was taken care of. Whereas I'm like, well, why would you want to be frantic like that and pay the extra money? And, you know, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, to, to the front end of things. So So interesting example you chose that really doesn't have to do with rearing the kids, but just has to do with the way he works in the world. True. 
Yeah. Okay. So if we think about how this person works in the world and he's a reactive person, not a proactive person, and this is not mm-hmm. a judgment at all. Right. Um, it's just, you know, some people are reactive. Some people are proactive. <clears throat> if, if we want him to come into the home then and contribute to rearing the children, will he be a reactive parent or a proactive parent? And is that part of, you know, is that part of the manual as well? It's like, oh, well, no, no, no. I I think he should also be proactive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's definitely part of the manual. (laughs) So this is interesting because here is where we kind of have a little bit of power within ourselves Um, because we then kind of, it kind of takes on a life of its own within ourselves. It's like we lock on to all the things that this other person isn't. Mm-hmm. And then it makes us very, very frustrated because we have all these thoughts about what they're not doing right, what they're not contributing, what they're blah, blah, blah. And so then we're the ones that feel all the feels from those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And we can even write a model out just to illustrate for the group what that might look like. I think Mm -hmm. maybe we'll pause and do that right now. So we'll just keep it with rearing the kids. Um, So raising your kids. Oops, again. Okay, raising kids. And then you think we should be, you know, he should be involved to the same degree, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Equally. And then, um, how do you feel when you think that when you're thinking he should be doing something he's not doing? Annoyed sometimes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you feel annoyed, what do you do? Like, and specifically, this is going to be like within your relationship. What do you do? Um, sometimes I think I'm more short with him, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like, and since my mood changed, that affects him. So, um, I brood maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Brooding is a super popular action. Yeah. And this may not be for your case, but oftentimes it can go with being passive aggressive because there's like the passive part, which is the brooding part. And then there's the Mm -hmm. aggressive part, which is this. (laughs) Yeah. The short part. Um, yeah. And if you, and if you like want to be passive aggressive, then great, like go for it. But if you don't want to, then, you know, we can change that. But so you're so short, you change your mood, you ch- like have a mood change in front of him. You're brooding. What are you thinking during the brooding period? Um, I, I think like, well, why can't he see how hard I'm working and, you know, do his yeah. part. And why can't you see that my way is better <laughs> proactively? Excuse me. I do have that thought. <laughs> like, why can't he just be a different person? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, like, so question him, maybe judge him a little bit. Yeah. Do you judge yourself at all? Sure. Mm-hmm. What would be an example of something you would say to judge yourself 
Um, I think I alluded, maybe even alluded to that a little bit before, like, well, if we're not around and me not around as much, am I doing what I need to for my children? Oh yeah. So like questioning your own parenting mm-hmm. question, oops, judge self as a parent. Is there anything else that you can think of or action wise? action-wise or even anything that you don't do like this might be an this where we like basically then withhold right if we're upset with somebody and maybe doing these things I've done a gazillion bazillion times where I'm then I'm like I withhold so I distance myself from the other person and I basically cut them off physically yeah harder to be intimate when you're feeling that way yeah so Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you do any of that? Yeah, I, I do. Like, I'll just keep my mouth shut and not engage because yeah. trying not to create more problems at the moment. Yeah. Okay. And so then the result here is, let's see, you're thinking he should be more involved and you're annoyed. So you get short and you change your mood and brood, distance yourself from him. Don't engage him. Um, so it's like, I can almost imagine like a invisible wall forming between you two Mm -hmm. or like this invisible barrier of some kind. Um, so basically all of this will keep you sort of stuck here. Like these, these kind of incapacitate you from moving out of this because you, you're, it's like, we lock on to the idea Mm -hmm. And then the more we lock onto it, the more we look for like reasons why he's actually not doing the thing he should be doing. And uh-huh. it like proves more and more and more and more that you're, that you're doing more and he's not doing enough. So it's like it incapacitates you from moving out of that. And it just reinforces the thought. Um, but it also maybe, I mean, maybe just try this on maybe like almost prevents him too from being engaged to a higher degree if the communication through all of this ends up suffering. Mm -hmm. So we'll just say reinforces. Where's the thought? And um, also prevents him from being involved equally. Okay. Now, could you imagine a scenario where he just like is who he is and then you just like let him be who he is? It's hard to do that sometimes. So please don't feel like your body might go, mind like freaks out when I do that. But um, could, is it possible for you to just imagine a scenario where he just kind of shows up the way he does and you let him and um, tell us what comes up for you. If you can imagine that. Um, yeah, I am having trouble with that. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. 
because this might take a little bit of work for me. Um, I think I've talked about this in this forum before where I was really struggling in particular. And so what I did is I sat down and I wrote out a hundred things that like I thought was right and good and one lovable about my husband. Mm. And, um, like it came down to this dumbest things because I was get like, I was making an intentional list of a hundred things. Yeah. And <clears throat> I gave the list to him at the end and he like, didn't give a crap about the list. Like not, not like meanly or anything. He was just like, what's this list? You're so weird. Why'd you write this down <laughs> <laughs> and like put it in a drawer. And I thought, you know what? It's interesting because during that time that I was writing the list, as I was kind of opening up to it, I was mm-hmm. noticing more and more and more and more that he does right for me that like more and more and more and more that is so lovable about this person that actually during that time, I was the one experiencing the fuzziness. I was the one that was experiencing love and acceptance and openness towards him. He didn't even know I was doing the exercise. So he like, wasn't involved with it at all. Uh And then even when I gave it to him, he still wasn't involved, but I got to hold on to all of that. And it was just a very useful exercise to break me out of this cycle. Uh It can be really hard to go like, okay, well, I'm just going to love him for who he is. Yeah. He just gets to be who he is. And my job is to love him because that's ultimately what like the coaching message is. And it's actually true. This goes for any human, like adult who just gets to do and be whoever they want to be without, without judgment from us. But I needed something to get me there because I was having a hard time. So ultimately with the manual, like we always have a choice. We can hang on to it and just assume that everybody should do what we wanted to do. And that's fine. Or you can question the manual and be like, huh, I wonder if that's even reasonable. Like, like we were just talking about your husband is a, is a reactive guy. So Mm -hmm. even if we were home for an extra day during the week, what would he do with that? Chances are he would still be who he is. Right. And Mm -hmm. so then if you have the expectation that he's going to be different and he doesn't do it, even though he's home more, you're still going to be annoyed. Good point. So how do you, so if we keep the, see the same raising kids with him, um, and we can't exactly summon up a thought about him that's on, on, you know, the, he gets to be who he is sort of thought line. How would Mm -hmm. you want to feel with him as a co-parent? Yeah, I, I, I I do want to appreciate him for, cause you know, for loving our children and for keeping them healthy and, you know, taken care of. Can you say that one more time? I want to feel that I appreciate him for loving our children and, and taking care, helping take care of them. And I already forgot the other thing I said. Okay. So you want to feel gratitude or appreciation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So appreciation. And if, <clears throat> if we can kind of like imagine what appreciation feels like, 
or gratitude. I think gratitude appreciation would work the, the best. I'm like a sort of a stickler for words. Other people don't think they matter that much. So it's whatever makes sense to you and how that resonates mm-hmm. with you. What do you think you would need to think to feel appreciation for your husband? Um, I guess that he's doing like what's in alignment with, with what he thinks is good, you know, or that he's doing his part. Do you believe that? Um, sometimes (laughs) in some ways. Yeah. What about, what about your, um, roles intertwined and you guys both as parents does anything come up for you if you think about that like um I'm just kind of playing around here because I want to help you get to something that is really believable that yeah that is and that resonates with you oh um so something that I, I think he does well no, or something that maybe you guys, because the whole idea is, is that, um, you guys are raising kids together mm-hmm. and what you think is happening is that you're not equally contributing right, right. now. Yes. And, and that he needs to do more mm-hmm. in a different way than he's probably capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And that makes you feel annoyed. So if we right. want to kind of like have this feeling of appreciation, I'm just trying to ask if there's any way to think about your roles as co-parents and how you're doing like the best job that you both can for your kids Mm -hmm. or like you guys are showing up in the ways that you are the most capable Mm -hmm. or um, it's possible that things are not as um, imbalanced as you think they are. Yeah. Something along those lines. It is possible that things are not as imbalanced as I think they are. Okay. I don't know if that thought particular in particular would lead to appreciation, but you see what I'm saying? Like you can kind of play around with different thoughts and just say, oh yeah, that actually really kind of rings true. Mm -hmm. Um, So of any of those things, what do you think might come up or like maybe um, there's something along the lines of like, there's so much he does do because he, um, you know, like we talked about the other day with the sort of like the socialization of men and women in our country, mm-hmm. like men derive their satisfaction and their va- their sense of their own personal value from how much they produce and bring home to the family. Mm-hmm. So for him, he probably does think he's contributing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So again, just for the, I want to complete the model just for the group and you, um, what could we put here in the T line to cause appreciation? Um, yeah, I mean, I, he does help. He does. And I mean, he, he really, yeah. I mean, where I get, where I get hung up is he does a lot and he is good, especially by the standard that society holds for a lot of fathers, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I'll get, Oh, he's such a good dad. But I mean, you know, we've all seen those memes where 
like the dad gets credit just for having the kid like you know alive whereas the mother you know gets um yeah I guess this thought has really stuck one for me because I'm having trouble (laughs) so maybe I'll just help you out like he there is a lot he does in his own way yeah Mm -hmm. okay So listen, I don't want to suggest to you or the group that we uphold these societal roles or like buy into any these roles being right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But what but the point is is that the current model that you have creates an unpleasant emotion right. for you and it actually disconnects you from communicating with him. So if there's right. any hope of changing the system within your home for you to like be in a position to communicate with him effectively, or even like be able to change the dynamic. I don't, Uh I personally don't think it will be as successful or effective to do from the place of annoyance, but it could be successful if you come from a place of appreciation. Sure. So I don't think that like, I don't want to come across as this person who's trying to say, well, you know, you pretty much need to keep the mental load and just let him off the hook. That's not mm-hmm. it at all. Like, no, mm-hmm. we don't want to, nobody's suggesting that, but um, if we want to be in a position to make any changes within these structures in our families and our society and our hospital systems, it's, it's useful to think about how you can be an effective um, voice for change. So, okay. So if we are raising kids together, this is actually true because there is a lot that he does in his own. Yes. Way. And mm-hmm. for that, you could generate some appreciation. And if you feel appreciative yeah. of him, what would you do? Um, it definitely would not distance myself. So that would improve our it- intimacy mm-hmm. and smile and you know be closer to him more yeah maybe not judge him so much yes yeah maybe not judge yourself so much yeah I mean we haven't even talked about the whole idea of parenting this is all right. like the ideas <laughs> we have about parenting but like actual parenting I have so much to say about that too, because there was some judgment in the first one about like your parenting and you, yeah, we we're all doing what we can in our own way. And we have these ideas that things like manuals about how we should be as parents and how our children should be as kids. And it's like so many rules and constructs we've made up, but really the only thing anybody needs to do is have a human experience. So we want to have all this control when it's just all one gigantic human experience and your kids, I'm a hundred percent sure are just fine. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we dropped the judgment and anything else you can probably communicate better. I imagine. Yeah. I think if I'm not defensive then it's easier to come to a to have a more civil conversation (laughs) yeah and actually tell him what you what you want 
or what your needs are or what your children's needs are. Because as you said, if you give him jobs, he'll do them. Right. I found this mm -hmm. is kind of a thing. Um, I think it's common with men. It's like, it's not that they won't do something or don't want to. It's like you said, this doesn't occur to them <laughs> it doesn't yes. occur sometimes. And, and like Kelly just commented, they're not mind readers. It's like, oh, okay. See, we women, we like, we're intuitive, right? Like mm -hmm. we just, we, but are we, are we just making shit up all the time? Like why, why? I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting that like, we just expect them to kind of like handle things the way we handle things. And, uh, I have the same issue every day with dinner. Where's the dinner? Cause I'm working at home. There's no dinner. <laughs> oh, well, you didn't tell me what to make for dinner. I'm like, you are 53 years old. You've had dinner every day for five yeah. decades. What do you mean you didn't know what to make for dinner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I digress from appreciation. You communicate better. Mm -hmm. And then let's kind of come up with a result here. There's a lot he does in his own way. And you probably see more and more things he does in his own way. And so now this thought gets reinforced and because you think it, you'll be able to have evidence for it and you'll create more evidence for it, which is the really kind of most powerful, powerful thing about the model is that our T always creates the result. Mm -hmm. We could also make our, our reality it's like our okay. T creates our reality because what our brains do is when you have a thought, you, your brain will look for evidence to support the thought because your brain wants to be right. And yep. if you can't find evidence, your brain will create evidence to support the thought. So if you shift that focus, then it will shift. It will literally shift your R it'll shift your result or I'm now calling it reality, but, um, so basically you're going to be seeing more and more of that because that's just what our brains do. So, um, yeah, I don't think a lot of men are even aware of the whole mental load and like even understand. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. But what do you think would happen if you told him like what in, in a, in a calm conversation, what do you think he would say? I and mean, he's a doctor, right? He, right. he, mm -hmm he talks to humans all day long. So he's not like ineffective at communicating with people maybe. Right. right? <laughs> well, he's in so he mostly just puts him to sleep. <laughs> I just wonder what he would say or, you know, what the conversation would be like if you just made him aware of how you feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is one of those things that just takes practice because we have <clears throat> these belief systems, which our manuals are just little belief systems that are so ingrained in us and they are, yeah. you know, unconscious often. So like we, we're not even aware that this is what's happening and we just generate so much frustration because people don't follow the manual. But it, if you just take a step back and, and just kind of interrogate the manual a little bit, it's like, oh, okay, we're just act basically wanting him to be somebody different. And like, really, do you really want him to be somebody different? Um, I don't know, it just, it leads to a whole bunch of other questions where you can grow as a person and then you guys can grow in your relationship and he doesn't have to do anything different. 
Yeah. So, um, do you have any questions on that moonbeam? No, I do think that's helpful. I, I definitely have noticed a theme that it's about like where you're coming from. Like that's, I think that what the model helps with, like, um, and then ultimately that can change the results, you know, yeah. like coming from that place of appreciation instead of annoyance. Well, that's exactly right. And then one final little tool here is that like everybody has a model going all the time. It's not just us because we're in coach, coach land and we do this, but just people aren't aware of their models. So your husband has a model going too. And that would be really interesting to know what his model is because that's what's producing his result. And he might be really happy with his result, but we don't know. (laughs) Right. You know, and how could you ever know if you're not talking or not, or if there's like the invisible barrier? So, yeah. Okay. Um, so Stardust had something, had a question about, uh, or had a comment. She said, if it's appropriate, I have a small lesson about this issue that I learned from a couple who has ultimately been very successful. Yeah. We want to hear it. Do you want to type it out Stardust or do you want to say it out loud? I'm going to put you Moonbeam back into the group here. Maybe. I don't know. I'll just make everybody a panelist. Probably easier to say it. You got it. There we go. Okay. Stardust, take it away. So... Thank you. Moonbeam listening to you just reminded me of a conversation I had a long time ago with these friends of mine. I was in my twenties. They're about 10 years older than I am. And I had at that point had had a long string of unsuccessful relationships. And I looked at these two and I just said, your relationship works so well. Like what is different? What are you doing that, that your relationship works so well? And they said, well, first of all, it didn't always. And we used to fight about things like who cleans the house and who gets the groceries and who does whatever. And she said what they, and they, at various points, they had almost gotten divorced. And ultimately what they decided, we're just going to let each person do what they're good at. (laughs) I'm not going to expect you to get the groceries if you're terrible at getting the groceries or, and that's always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And I just find that a very helpful point of view to go, maybe your husband isn't good at planning, then you have to be the one who plans ahead to make appointments for the kids. But maybe he would be good at taking the kids to the appointment if the appointment was already made, for instance. But I just thought that was very profound that everybody's just got to do what they're good at. It doesn't necessarily have to be a 50-50 split of each task. That's a really good point, Stardust. And it's like a really good um, management tool, probably, because like we have... Um, relationships with everybody, right? I mean, this could go for something in your home. It could go with something in a clinic or wherever and recognizing strengths in another human being and help them build strengths is probably an effective tool, but wanting them to kind of um, be somebody that they're not is maybe a recipe for frustration, you know, Amy, Amy is on the call today and she's like a manager. <laughs> she might want to comment on that a little bit. Cause I've heard her 
make comments like this. I'm not a manager. I'm like, I want everybody to be like in peace, love and harmony all the time. Um, but you know, Amy, can you comment on that a little bit? Cause I think that's a really interesting point. Hey, yeah. Hey, it's Amy. So the, um, I think that the ability to like manage people is like a, a skill set to, to learn. That's not really intuitive, especially mm -hmm. as surgeons, because we're always taught hundred percent ownership. And that really helps us in a lot of ways early on in our career. But I think that it hurts us in the long run and it hurts our relationships. Because if we think that we have to have 100% ownership, we assume everybody else has to have 100% ownership too. Mm. And so there's two things that we miss with that. For one thing, we don't cultivate other people's talents exactly. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, everyone has their own skill sets and strengths. And we, if we play to their strengths, and they spend the majority of the time within their zone of strength and comfort, they're going to be much more effective and happier. Um, and the, and if we don't use their strengths and we, you know, kind of say, no, you have to do this, this part that I don't like either. Um, then the, the problem is that you're going to run into, they're not happy, satisfied. They're not effective. They're going to procrastinate. They're not going to want to do it. There's going to build resentment, which leads to more procrastination. And so it's, it's sometimes just a matter of like really playing to people's strengths. Um, and then, you know, our idea of ownership may not be their idea of ownership and kind of it's where the communication piece comes in to say, like, I'm going to understand what you want to do and what you think is effective and useful. And I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to let you know what I think is effective and useful and then kind of divide it from there. But I think that's the, the problem that we run into. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that in such a kernel way to do it. I love that. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, we might as well just make everybody a panelist and we could, we can talk or we can do more coaching. We have, um, 18 more minutes. So is there anything else that anybody wants to talk about? KJC, KJC in the house, Kelly Jerome Casperson. Someday I'll tell you my middle name. <laughs> No, I, th I think this is incredibly a great, a great coaching. We could just keep going on this one for sure. There's so many different topics in this one topic. Yeah. So Kelly, you brought up something else that I was um, not able to read. It was like another way to go with it. Um, it says here, if you want to keep going with her, explore how she wants to be recognized for what she's doing, resentment for him not noticing. I know we can ask Moonbeam if that's accurate, if that's something that is. Um... I think, I th you know, what was coming up for me is, you know, a common theme with female surgeons is us wanting to control other people or get them to change or get them to do things. And part of that might be, why am I not being recognized for what I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know, instead, or this idea that you have to control the entire way that your family is run instead of saying like, well, when I run it 50% of the time, this is what happens when he does it, you know, they get macaroni and cheese for dinner. And, you know, being, being okay for that, instead of saying, why am I trying to control every single thing? What am I making that mean? Yeah. So there's just so many different pieces to this. I love it. Yeah. That's a really fascinating thought there, Kelly, is like the control piece. I can see this in my own household, how like, I just think my way's the right way but why? <laughs> Moonbeam, do you have anything to add to that? 
Um, yeah, that's, that's part of my annoyance and frustration for sure. Like that's, and I think that you're probably right, Kelly, there's probably a, a theme through most female surgeons that we like to control <laughs> things. And so being able to let go on that would, is another aspect of all this too. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cause they do get macaroni and cheese for dinner when I'm <laughs> the one doing um, I went ahead and promoted Borealis also. And so now everybody is a panelist. So if anybody has any more things that they'd like to comment in more of a conversational way, because we all have relationships, we all have to interact with other humans. Um, just wondering, we can talk or we can do more coaching. Hey, it's Amy, the one thing that when um, we went from like my husband working to a stay-at-home dad, mm -hmm. it was initially a really big adjustment. Mm -hmm. And the biggest problem that we had is that I didn't really communicate what I thought was supposed to happen. And so like, I, I was like, well, you don't work now. I want you to make the coffee. But I never actually told him that. So in the morning I'd be all ticked off because the coffee wasn't made, you know, dumb stuff like that. Whereas it was actually pretty easy to solve. And I was like, hey, do you think you could maybe like prepare this or that? And I actually had to, we had to kind of, get on the same page about what was supposed to happen. I assumed things were supposed to happen and that he didn't have that same assumption. And so what happens, I came at a point from annoyance. And so when I did communicate it, it was not in the most loving, compassionate way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but maybe, you know, planning ahead when you're in a, a state of, you know, really cooperating in a, in a good place rather than a place of annoyance really helps get you what you want. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree oh, with sorry. that. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so I'll actually go back to Amy because you mentioned like working, managing people, working with their strengths and like, because one point of this is like, so everybody doesn't have to do the things that you also find unpleasant. So then how do you divide up that unpleasant tasks? Because like he's good at playing with the kids and doing the things like that's in direct involvement with them. But like everybody likes that, right? Well, not everybody, but so how do you split up the stuff that... <laughs> Um, I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, I think this is where like the, the relationship part comes in is, you know, the, being very clear about all the tasks that need to be done and just say like, um, I think, you know, Brooke had a call and it's not that long ago. So I'm not cleaning the poop in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> and that was supposed to be her husband's job and he didn't do it. And so, um, and she was getting annoyed that, that, uh, that he didn't do it. Um, but I think if it's like a job that neither of you really wants to do, then it just um, being very clear about you know, either splitting it or trading it and saying like, Hey, I'll do this. If you do this, and you know, we both don't like to do it, but we both agree it needs to be done. And so maybe we can kind of come up with an agreement, um, that we could both, you know, kind of live with. Um, and you know, that's, that's the part that could be a little bit challenging is when you do have those jobs that neither of you like to do, um, and feel like it needs to be done. Oh, and someone, I think, um, I forgot, I don't know who said it, but someone said like you both doing it is also helpful. But I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, coming at the, the choice together, you know, if not doing it together, which is not a bad idea too, but coming at the choice of, um, of agreeing that, boy, this job really sucks, but it still has to be done. And, and, you know, kind of saying like, we want, like, let's say the yard example, like we want a nice yard, right? And how are we going to achieve this? Um, and if you think, you know, like I work all the time, I'd really like to do this, but I don't have the time to do it. If you're at home, do you think that you could do this really crappy, <laughs> unintended task? 
um, you know, <laughs> that was lame. Um, you know, just kind of things like that. And, and it's also a way, this, this actually actually speaks really well to um, another topic that's somewhat related. And that's the, the whole concept of invisible work. Um, because the thing is, we think, we think our husbands, we think our bosses, we think everybody sees what we do. Um, and, and they really don't. And I think that there is a role for reminding people every now and then to say, you know, I really want the yard to be clean, but I've been on call and I've not had any sleep for 20 hours. Um, I really want this to happen. I think this will be helpful for both of us, but I really just can't do it, you know? And so you're, you're kind of putting it in position of, of reminding what your job is, because if someone's not walking your shoes or not knowing what you're doing, and the same is true for your bosses. If you say, I know you want me to be on this committee, but if you recall, I'm doing, I just wanted to share with you the projects that I am doing. And I like literally don't have time. Um, and it, it communicates two things. It, it says like, I know this should be done and you want this to be done, but I can't do it. And this is why. And it also kind of just puts, reminds them what you're doing. Does that help? Yeah, that's brilliant. No, that's helpful. Yeah. Cause I don't think I ever do that. <laughs> Right. But we assume they should know. Why can't they see it? Why don't they know? It's because other people just can't like, they, they just aren't mind readers. Um, and we, and we come home bitchy and tired and we're like, don't you see how tired I am? And all they see is being bitchy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love this conversation, Kelly. I might not need coaching later. Cause this was really helpful. This is what I was going to get coached one-on-one with Kelly later <laughs> because my husband um, scheduled himself for a shoulder scope, but didn't talk to me about it and didn't um, like, mm. I had no idea that anyway, there was a very short amount of time for me to kind of get everything together with everything before we did that. Yeah. Oh. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> But I, you know, I have been examining for myself personally, like what I want and why I want it. So for me, my house is kind of, has been a little bit of an issue. So I like to have a clean home and I'm wondering why. Well, I like, I like um, when there's not a lot of clutter. I like that my brain doesn't take inventory of a million things on the countertop, Um there's a real sense of calm and peace that comes from that. And of course, with the model, we know that our thoughts cause those feelings, but really I do think with our environments that we're in, um, it's okay if you want to have a clean house. Cause I was even starting to judge myself for why I wanted it to be a certain way. And then I started to think, well, if it's so dang important to me and I'm the only one apparently that it's important to, um, I just started to like shift my relationship that I had with my house, not with the people in it, with my house and like sort of doing these funny things, like loving my house on purpose. It's really strange. So anyway, since I've been doing that, um, things have been put away and it's almost like people are, are feeding off of me in the house because my daughter, who's only seven, just rearranged her room, decluttered her room. I didn't ask her to do it. She just did it because she loves her things in her room and she loves her things to be a certain way. And I thought, Hmm, there might be something to this, like not having my claws into people, like trying to make them do stuff, 
but in, instead just like interrogate why it's important to me. And then just me have a be like my relationship with the house. And then now suddenly other people are acting differently too. It's kind of fascinating. I think um, the, I think the, I always have to like, in these conversations, like it's so empowering to see your own thoughts and be like, oh, I can come at it this way. By no means are we letting anybody quote off the hook. You know, we think oh. this is all or nothing. Like if I don't control everything in my household, I'm just going to have like somebody who does nothing. You know, and it's really not an all or nothing thing. We mm -hmm. just think if we let go of that control, like the car the house of cards is going to crumble. Usually it doesn't. Usually we're working with like intelligent, caring people on the other side. It's just our models, you know, that we want to, to yeah. kind of look at a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've just been coming back to a lot too, that basically everything is made up, right? Like we just tell stories in our brains all the time about all the things. So we have the observable world. That's the circumstance. We observe it. We make shit up in our brains and then that impacts how we feel and what we do. And so if we can make stuff up in one way, just because like we're socialized to do it that way, we can totally make it up a different way or even wonder why we make it up the first way in the first place, if that makes sense. Go ahead, Moonbeam. I don't know if you wanted to talk or what. Oh, no, I was just listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Well, I wanted to add one more thing. I want to add one more thing, but, you know, we talked about jobs that you don't want to do. Um, it just occurred to me or something that back up that conversation about like whole picking up dog crap. Um, when it comes to like these unpleasant jobs or any unpleasant jobs, if you guys both agree that you don't want to do it, this would be something maybe to consider hiring somebody because, you know, it's thinking outside the box. It's like, I want you to do it. You want me to do it. Neither one wants us, you know, neither one of us wants to do it. You could either have like pay the kids to do it, or you could hire someone to do it. But there's, um, I think the advantage of communicating is that you can come up with ideas that you hadn't thought of before. Yeah. yeah. And I think I haven't involved him as much partly because of my control and expecting him to mind read. I think both of those play a role in that. Mm -hmm. I think also the, the idea though, that you don't have to do everything is really helpful. And I think I forgot what the name was, but I know who it is, um, who, you know, suggested like, if you know, about shopping. Like maybe they don't know what to get, but if you provide a list, you know, something that takes a few minutes for you, but you don't have to do the whole task, um, but really kind of um, identifying why they don't want to do a particular task. And can you do part of it that doesn't involve you doing all of it? Um, and, and then it's more of like a collaborative, you know, cooperative kind of thing, rather than uh, I do this and you do that and I'm not going to be happy with it. Um, and I can tell you that one thing that my husband has, has given me some feedback on is like when I ask him to do a task, if I don't seem pleased with the task, then he doesn't really want to do anything else. You know, like if I send him to the, <laughs> I, I know this is like shocking. Like I send yeah. him to the grocery, I send him to the grocery store. To, although and we have our own personality quirks, you know, I, I tell him things, you know, that I want. And um, if he can't find it, it's so great. He find, he gives me like two of something that's similar. Like I always tell him the, the story that I, I sent him for baking soda. He got me two baking powders, not one, <laughs> but two. <laughs> yeah. But, but so what happened is that when, it, when it, he came home, you know, I was terribly happy with it. Um, and so then it doesn't make him want to do it again. And so I think sometimes it's, uh, I don't know, um, either being very clear with the directions or accept the fact that, you know, I may not get what I want if I don't do it myself. And just realizing that 
either I need to be more clear or, um, you know, have to just, you know, accept that it won't be the, the way that I expect it to be. Because what happens is that I think we give off those vibes, you know, like that, that dissatisfied, you know, they, they do something, but we all want to be appreciated for it. And so if we're not appreciating a task because it's not done to what we want, it is not going to lead us to getting more tasks done either. And, and it goes to just not saying like it's all our fault or whatever. Um, it's just a matter of just understanding human nature, um, appreciating the effort that they made, even if it's not how done how you think that it should be. And just, you know, appreciating the effort that they put, if not the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've run into that too. Thanks for bringing that up for sure. <laughs> I, I was going to add just a total anecdote from my own life. Um, my husband is retired and he is perfectly willing to get the groceries, for instance, but he's not very good at making a grocery list. And he'll just come home with like random food that <laughs> doesn't add up to a meal. Right. Crazy. <laughs> Um, and so I love reading cookbooks and looking at recipes. And so we started, I would make meal plans or I would send, we would say, okay, we want to use the chicken that we bought. So I would find three chicken recipes and I would send them to him. And then he gets to choose which one he wants to make tonight. And he goes and gets the growth. This was before COVID when you could just go to the grocery store willy nilly. Um, and he would get the ingredients for whichever recipe he picked, they were me approved recipes. Mm-hmm. He would make sure the ingredients were there and I would get home and I didn't have to think, oh my God, what am I going to make? Oh my God, we don't have the ingredients. And I didn't mind cooking, even though I was tired. He got to pick which one he wanted to eat. It just ended up that worked out well with COVID. We are much, we have now come, I make a week's meal plan and we get everything together. But that was just very interesting to watch us learn about each other and how we both worked. And it made him happy to pick one of the three recipes. He was perfectly happy to go get the ingredients. I got home from work. The ingredients were there and ready. And now I didn't mind the work of having to cook. That's brilliant. Stardust. Um, I think I'm going to do that because we're having a similar issue. My husband's retired and now stay at home dad. And, um, he'll do anything. I just have to be really, really specific. And I've been resentful of the fact that I have to even ask him to do stuff. So that's where I have some work to do. Um, because it's basically all, you know, it's like really similar to moonbeams. Um, and not, not, not exactly the same, but similar to, I think what moonbeam is experiencing, but part of it is like dinner time. I actually love cooking. I love it. It's something I would list as a hobby. It helps me to decompress. Um, I, I, I love it. And so it's just frustrating not having the ingredients ready. And I was making an extra step thinking I needed to like do the plan as well and then transcribe those ingredients onto a list. But if you just simply give him the recipes, then he can just pick it and get the stuff. That's amazing. Cause you could just like probably forward it right on your phone. If it's an electronic recipe, unless you're looking, you know, in a, in a actual book. I'll also throw in there that we started using an app called cozy C O Z I and it's a shopping list or a to-do list. And I can, if I'm at work and I think of something, 
I can add it to the list. And when he goes to the grocery store, it's on the list. Cool. And that has, that really helped us as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that takes us to eight o'clock. Thank you so much. That was amazing. 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 I hope you all have a great day and we'll see you on the flip side. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye.